With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, that's probably not going to go over well. Um, <laughs> that's probably good enough, yeah. Uh, yeah, because this is a professional podcast and I do as I'm told. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A, uh, we are the muse of the Touchline Media Group, uh, not unlike the time that my co-host, Napoleon Gregg, a.k.a. The Stump, was Josh Safdie's muse on Uncut Gems. Uh, I Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. Uh, I am your other host, Asa, a.k.a. The Twig. And we are here to talk about, uh, obviously, football and soccer. <laughs> no, we're not. We're going to talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to lie to the people, Asa? Yeah, right. Like, it's like, this is a podcast about sports. What do you guys, what sports are you guys talking about? Quidditch. <laughs> is Quidditch a real? Yeah. Is, is Quidditch a real sport? No. But, okay. All right. Uh, all right. So. Um, it's real to me, damn it. You're right. And it's real to our listeners who who stick with us and we love you for it. This episode is brought to you by uh, the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever Blue Wire decides to put in. They put in somebody at the beginning of the last episode that I thought was very funny. And now I can't remember, which is good podcasting. I should have written it down, but here we are. (laughs) Good stuff. Well, that's the the banter (laughs) that people, the people live for. That's what they pay for. Yeah. Well, they didn't pay. So you know what? Like if you guys thank you, yeah, thank you what they pay for. If you guys paid us, then maybe we would be better at this. Um, we actually don't have a mechanism for you to pay us. Um, because like Twitter doesn't allow you to like do like monet- monetizing until you get to a certain number of followers. And um and we well, that's do- bullshit. 
we don't we don't meet that threshold. But uh, if you guys, if you do want to pay us, uh, we can figure that out. Just like you know, add us, and we'll like we'll give you a cash app or something, right? Is that something we can do? Uh, yeah, I don't see why not. Uh, speaking of of what our hearts desire, let's get right into Harry Potter. Um, where we left off, uh, if I remember correctly, we decided not to talk about the Mirror of Erised. Is that correct? Yeah, because we took so freaking long talking about the rest of this shit. Yeah, so we, dear listener, believed that these episodes would each take about like one episode per book because like we're not like doing like a timeline here. We're not like here to really explain everything that's gone on, but because we have really strong opinions about nerd shit, it takes forever. Uh, but so when we left off, we, we were talking about the, the mirror of Arasad, which was the magic mirror that tells you exactly what you want. Um, was it on the wall? It was mirror, mirror on the wall. Uh, please show me my dead parents. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, it's what it was. Or a, or a, or a, or a nice pair of woolly socks. Right, or uh, if, in the case of Ron, which, like, I know that, like, Ron gets shit on by the, the Harry Potter fan base, but, like, in the case of Ron, it was, like, a, a moderately successful high school experience. <laughs> right? Like, like, it wasn't, like that, is the be- that is the best case scenario for Ron, yeah. It's like, Ron, what, what, what do you really want? To peak in high school. Because <laughs> it wasn't, well, like... I mean, when you think about it, but, yeah, but think about it, like... Okay, so I get what you're saying. Uh, but, like, what was the best Ron was going to do as the sixth of seven children, which included one Quidditch star, two head boys, at least two nerds, and... Uh, Fred and George. Th- well, three athletic, like, people? Because in his world, remember, Fred and George are athletes. Right. Like, I, I guess they're sort of, like, fun athletes. Like, like they weren't necessarily, like... I mean, what, what's the, the example? Do you know who that actually, like, the, the probable uh, example here is the, the twins in The Replacements. Like, I think yeah. that is the Weasley. And ultimately, they become, like, pretty successful entrepreneurs. Well, I think, that, I think like, if we're, if we're trying to do, like, a role, I think the best role is actually um, their relief pitchers in the bullpen because they get to just be weird 90% of the time. And then, like, 10% of the time, they have to concentrate for, a, like, 10 seconds then then go be weird again. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm good with that. Like like like. They, I really hope that like somehow Arthur Weasley raised them so that one is righty and one is lefty. So like you never know which one you're facing. It's like now, <laughs> now oh, on the mound. See, Weasley. That's, that's a fascinating concept, and I say that not because I have twin daughters, but very interesting. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of, did you see that there's now a conspiracy theory going around that uh, we don't talk about this sport. But that Ben, like, it's not conspiracy theory. I'm sorry. Ben Simmons is apparently right handed in everything he does except shooting. Yeah. No, no, straight and up. <laughs> straight up. <laughs> I believe that to the depths of my soul. It's, no, it's like fully verified. Somebody asked JJ Rack, and he's like, yeah, when he throw like, the, he has like a clip of a game at the Phillies game throwing out the first pitch. Simmons threw it right handed. JJ Reddick's like, I've seen him sign a million things. He signs things right handed. <laughs> I like, Again, this is not a football podcast. You should check out Courtside Fraca. Um, but speak just basketball speaking podcast. Of basketball podcast. Um, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, 
I, I, we are recording this, um, you know, obviously like there's no like sport ne- uh, necessity about getting this at a certain time, but we're, we're recording this on the night of the 10th. And all I'm going to say is imagine if you supported a basketball team that blew a 20 point lead in the second half and lost, like <laughs> imagine, um, I Couldn't support, I support a basketball team that blows a 20 point second half lead and wins but wins yeah i knew that was good i knew that was going to be on the podcast today. okay uh, yeah back right. to back to harry potter um but yeah so so I, I wanted to i was thinking about this and it's like i think that the funniest or the, the most interesting part of the mirror of era said um like from like a let's like game this out real life what would this actually look like is that nobody would have any idea what would be in the mirror of era said for them because like that takes such a level of self of um of self awareness. Like, do you remember that line in Ted Lasso? Hey, all right, soccer. See, uh, do you remember that line in Ted Lasso where uh, yes. he he asks uh, Jamie, like, if you could be any animal, what would you be? And he says, Why would I be anything but me? Yeah, and Ted, I'm great. <laughs> and Ted's like, I don't think you know exactly how healthy that is. Yeah, I love that line. Um, and like. And like for, for my purposes, like I was thinking like, what would I want like out of the mirror of Arisad? And like, I was thinking like, I have no idea. Like, because like a lot of it would be like, I would love to be very rich, but like, I don't think that that's my deepest desire. Right. And, and like, and if it is, how sad am I? <laughs> uh, I mean. Yes. Right. Don't, no, don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <that question>. Um. <laughs> But like, I, I think that like, there's a, a lot to be said for like the, the, like uh, the self-awareness necessary to like understand um, your desire. And we'll, we'll get to like the mirror of Arised, um later uh, because it comes up again. Um, but here's, here's the other question I have. If you're Dumbledore, why are you leaving this in the middle of an empty room? Uh, like, like, did, did he just like not yeah. have the movers? Like <laughs> he was like, okay, like we, we need to get this down to the dungeon uh, we only had the movers for a half a day. So yeah, I mean, yeah, room. like, he's like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll just keep it here for, like, two days. Hopefully nobody finds this. Like, I know it's a it's a school full of children, like, that we know there's at least a half dozen to a dozen that don't follow any rules. But, yeah, let's just leave it out there. Yeah, like, like that's my thing is that, like, I, but, but, like, I really don't understand why this wasn't either in his office. Like, because, like, if the, if the answer is he needed to enchant it. Right, because it was ultimately an enchanted, like in that fashion. Sure, like it was just a mirror that he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it to tomorrow. And yeah. then they just left him in the room, and he's like, comes in after, and he's like, voila, blah blah. Right, whatever, whatever that happens to be. Um, but yeah, so so I just I just don't understand why it was in like a room to be found. Um, I find that very weird. Shit. Um, yeah, Ace is playing video games. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I like. I don't have a good reason. Yeah, like, the like, only thing I can think of is that, like, in order to get past Fluffy with the mirror. But again, these guys are fucking wizards. He can't just like float it. Yeah, and like, like I- I'm sure that there is a process by which, like, they could disappear or reappear this shit downstairs. Well, even not even that. Like, we know. I don't remember if it's Flitwick, Flitwick or McGonagall, but like somebody has already used the spell to just make shit float around. I mean, Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> yeah. First spell. I don't, know if you, I don't know if you move that or not. I don't know. I mean, isn't like, 
I'm, I'm just saying like it's sitting there is a little unsettling to me. Um, but so then from, from Christmas to like, I don't, I don't really remember a whole bunch happening from like Christmas to, to the end of term, I guess like, Oh, we had the, um, we had uh, the dragons thing, which um, did that need to happen? Yeah. Yeah. The dragon thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So the dragon thing is how in the book they get, um, they get everybody into the forbidden forest. Right. That's right. That's why you needed the, the dragon. Actually. It's different in the movie, I believe. No, that's, that's um, right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So Norbert and the whole like Hagrid getting black out in the bar. Like, let's also take the time that, J.K. Rowling has repeatedly, as we mentioned last time, uh, insisted that this was a children's book, and one of the main characters, who we are supposed to unabashedly root for yep. in every scenario, like, he is supposed to be, like, one, like, even Harry, she tr- what writes faults into, she doesn't really write any faults into Hagrid, but, uh, yeah, he, he gets blackout multiple times in the novels and does stupid shit. Yeah, and, like, the thing is, is that he could very easily not get blackout drunk. Like you could have gotten him a dragon egg without him blacking out. Think and think about because he's like described as half a giant, so he's what like eight and a half feet tall or something like that. Yeah. So like conservatively, he's in the four hundred pounds. So we're gonna go back to uh, a real world example and like remember how much it took to get Andre the giant drunk. Like they 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 said like thirty. He was a metaphorical giant. Yeah. This is half of a real one. Uh yeah. So the, the, the point is here, I, th- I think that like, it's, it's pretty clear um, that like you didn't need to do that. But the fact that she did, like it makes me love her more because the fact of the matter is, is that we are dealing with uh, like British people. And, and, you know, I don't know what, what like giants are meant to be in the sort of the racist uh, aspect yeah. of this, right? Like are, are, are giants meant to be like Vikings or like Norwegians? <laughs> uh... Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like, like, like think, think about, like, if you're, if you're talking about uh, giants, like, I think you have to assume, like, from, from a British perspective, like, the only time that they really had, like, giants in their culture, it was when those, like, very, very pretty Danish people showed up. Um, yeah, well, I, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Uh, because, obviously, Durmstrang is, like, Eastern Europe. Yeah. Uh, I guess we don't really have, like, middle europe like france and well we have france because we, we have france the, we don't have Bella. spain i would love to know what's going on in spanish hogwarts like do they just learn spanish how to hogwarts sounds pretty cool do, do they just like learn how to flop is that what no, they, they actually, <laughs> no that's that's just a quidditch no they actually <laughs> learn uh they only learn one spell it's called the jesus spell they just turn water into red wine that's all they do all day i was gonna say potions is just like a vineyard class <laughs> it's like are we gonna are we gonna learn how, what 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 to put into things to make sure that we don't get uh don't get in trouble you know with with this type of um sickness and it's like no we are going to spend our time putting some spice into our red wine because the french wine is far too mellow i don't like spanish wines actually as it turns out um which is like it's like the Spanish Hogwarts is the only one that's realized, like, oh my god, we have magical powers. Muggles don't. We can make millions of dollars. Yeah, I, I feel like that would have, like, like you would think that that would have come up, right? Like, um, like, why wouldn't you just, like, make a ton of money off of, like, the best, oh my god, monks are, monks are wizards. The best beer in the world is Trappist monk beer. 
their wizards. They literally spent their time figuring out, okay, what's the spell that would get these people drunk and make them think that they're being cool by mentioning it. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like that's why those Belgians like, are. Yeah, there's no real Bel- Belgian monks. If you actually go check the monastery and catch them by surprise, it's actually just like, uh, it's flu powder to, to Spanish Hogwarts. <laughs> um, or, or I guess like Belgian Hogwarts, Dutch Hogwarts. Sure, whatever. <laughs> that would just be, yeah, it's really like you think somebody in the Wizarding world would be, because like they've also mentioned that Gringotts does exchanges. Like they make oh, a yeah. point of mentioning that in the second book that like, because like Hermione's parents show up to exchange pounds for like galleons. So like, it's not like making a billion dollars wouldn't also make you rich in the wizardy wor- wizarding world. Do we, do we, do we, I have two questions for you. And, and these are, these are time sensitive. One, do we think that Gringotts is on the Swift system? Yes. Yes. Two, does, did, did Russian Hogwarts just get into a lot of trouble? <laughs> Durmstrang? No, they're, they're Eastern European. Like, I think Durmstrang is like Romania. I think that, that yeah, okay. and like, and, and, and were there like multiple schools that popped up post-Soviet Union? Like, I have a lot of questions about how geopolitics interact with the wizarding world. Because yeah, like, I, like, like we've talked about, there is a, a Quidditch World Cup, which means that there is some measure of nationalism in this culture. Yes. So, yeah. and like we, like we mentioned last episode, like the UK countries are separated in the Wizarding World Cup, but as far as we can tell, Hogwarts is the school for the entirety of the UK. Right. And, like, do we do we think that, like, there was, like, during the, like, the, the Scottish independence stuff, like, people, like, like, there were, like, some Scottish wizards were, like, I would never go to school in England. They would use some sort of completely unintelligible accent, but still. Oh, that's one, okay, so that's one of the other things we need to complain about. Like, not just the house structure, which... You know, it makes sense because, like, American schools do that. You kind of, like, uh, and I'm sure, I think it's Oxford and Cambridge also do, yeah. like, your, like, dorms are, like, houses and all that good uh, stuff. Friend of the pod, Noah, uh, was in St. Cat's, which is its own house in Oxford. And uh, instead of a church, they have a pub. That makes sense. It worked out for him. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so like, it, it kind of makes sense. But, like, let's just think about the logistics of the houses here. Because each of them have their own dormitory. Uh, you're not really supposed to know where the other's dormitory is. Because, like, like, they made it a point to point out that, like, Harry and Ron had to go through. Like, they knew the Slytherins kind of were near the dungeon. So they went and just hung out in the dungeon until they found somebody. Right. I think they did the same thing with Ravenclaw at one point. Yeah. Uh, but like, so like, Percy Weasley it starts dating a Ravenclaw in the second book. Uh, they are caught snogging <laughs> they in were the dungeons. Some, they were doing some stuff. Yeah, it's okay. Doing the in like in the dungeons. In the dirty in the dungeons. Right near the near the Slytherin common room. So like, so by splitting up these houses we are actively encouraging students in a school that you are not allowed to be out after bedtime to sneak out after bedtime right. or we are just like very like not subtly 
going for segregation, which like all the all you goofy motherfuckers, you guys can breed with each other. We don't need any of that over in this cunning or or bravery. Uh, I mean, like the thing is, is, is that like I I feel like and and like this. I mean, I'm going to get like super stereotypical here, but like the most attractive men and women in a college major, right? Like there are there are no uggos in communications, right? Like. We, we certainly would have, would have like no uggos in Hufflepuff. So like, if I was a Gryffindor, hypothetically, I like, I would probably be like, all right, so like, I'm going to get a good degree to be a cop, but I want, like, I want a Hufflepuff girl, you know? And, and I think, I think you're, I think you're vastly over rating Hufflepuff here. I think Hufflepuff might be closer to like the art school. Uh, I don't know if you remember me in college, but I, I, I dated like three art history majors. <laughs> that explains a lot. Anyways. Um, uh, but yeah, okay. So the other thing is both in the book and in the movie, they make a point of mentioning that every bad, every wizard that ever went bad was in Slytherland. At no point are they like, huh, so we seem to be indoctrinating the Voldemort youth. Maybe we should like do not. something about this <laughs> like like maybe we should just like close down this one uh and like redistribute them elsewhere like not only like, not only are you continuing to segregate them but like you're also providing them with perfect opportunities to communicate so it's like like yeah Lucius like malfoy is probably passing notes to crab's dad through malfoy and crab yeah and like I guess, like, another point of this is that, like, you know how, like, the worst thing that happened to American politics was, like, uh, was, was, um, um, I'm sorry, was how, like, Twitter made it so it was, like, super easy for all of the Nazis to, like, find each other? Like, 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 like these, like, bubble things? Like, and, like, Hogwarts does that intentionally. Yeah, that's, that's not, that's not, like, an accident. That's a policy. That is right. a feature, not a bug. Right. Feature, not bug, is to get as many uh, potential Nazis in the same place at once, and we're going to have them hang out for seven years. Seven years. Uh, and we're going to teach them that, like, I guess they're not teaching them any dark magic, but the ideal, the ideal behind Defense Against the Dark Arts is that they're basically teaching, like, the Nazi youth how, to, how they're going to be, right. like, defended. Like right. it's a it's a roadmap to like if you want to beat us, this is how. Right. And it's not like like and, and we know at least two orders in the future are idiots in Ron and Harry. So it's right. not like it's like, oh, we're gonna make this as difficult as possible. It's just like, all right, well, here's some dumb cops. Here's how you get away from the cops. And it's like by being moderately moderately cunning. Okay, cool. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> Really, you learn the you learn the spell Expelliarmus, and you're just faster than everybody else. You can get away with ninety five percent of crimes. Uh, and and like like in the real world, we do recommend uh, in the wizarding world that people um, do crimes. <laughs> yes, this is the crimes of Grindelwald was was a inaccurate portrayal. He was framed. He was framed. I, 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 I know no evidence uh, of actual crimes committed by Grindelwald. Again, I think it's interesting that we have Defense Against the Dark Arts, which is some sort of like combat class. Um, but we don't have like Defense Against the Dark Insider Trading. <laughs> well, my complaint, my complaint that I brought up in the group chat this week is like Defense Against the Dark Arts 
they all of a sudden like all of a sudden that becomes a care of magical creatures class right when we already have a care of magical creatures class yeah like we need we need uh to 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 have like a, a pretty like clear delineation of like what is everybody's actual job at this school because it feels like charms has some overlap with defense against the dark arts, right? Like if you're clever Transfiguration. enough. Transfiguration. Sure. If, uh, my, I'm of the opinion that if you're clever enough, everything can be a defense against the dark arts, <laughs> right? Like Wingardium Leviosa. Remember that one of the things that the, the, the Death Eaters used to do is they would like hang people up by their, their legs and like go around like no, that. Not, not only that, but they defeat the troll at Halloween with Wingardium, Wingardium Leviosa. Right. So like it might be useful to come up in defense against the dark arts. I feel like defense against the dark arts is just like subtly a way to make sure that like everybody knows a little bit of dark art. The, the jock, the way that the jocks get the A. Yeah, right. Like that actually you you might be right. Like like defense against the dark arts is like Jim. So really what you're saying is the defense against the dark arts was the defense we found along the way. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but you know who we uh I, you know, I don't even know how to get there. We need to do an ad read. One second. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Is that the laziest one I've ever done? Yeah. No, I think it was, yeah. I, I mean, at least you tried this time, though. I think, I'm pretty sure there's one time where it's just like, I don't know what to say. We have to go to ad. Bye. So, um, so when we're in the, the, the Enchanted Forest, the Forbidden Forest, sorry. Um, yeah, okay, but, like, also, let's bring up the fact that, like, was the third thing that Dumbledore says when you get to Hogwarts is don't go into the Forbidden Forest. And their first offer, to det- like, the school's first offer detention was, let's send him to the place you're not supposed to go. No, see, like, I'm cool with that because, like, it's, 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 it's the idea that it's like, okay, um, y'all, don't go to the Forbidden Forest. You're not going to the Forbidden Forest. We're in trouble. Uh, there's a Malfoy, a Potter, uh, just, yeah, I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, Voldemort is in there, uh, and he's trying to kill Harry currently. That's all right. But again, that goes back to, like, the idea of, of Dumbledore constantly using Harry as bait. Right, and also, there are mythical creatures in there who, because the stars told them that Harry has to die, are now convinced that they have to do everything in their power to make that happen because the prophecy has to come true. That's fine. Then we'll send him there for detention. Right. And I'm cool with that. Like, like center, like I think anytime you can put Harry in a situation, um, knowing that you need him for the, for the fight to come. Anytime you can put him in a situation in which um, uh, I, I don't know how to put it other than astrology girls could potentially sacrifice him on an altar. You got to do it. <laughs> Centaur, centaurs were the original astrology girls you heard it here first uh, uh yeah in the book in the so in the book it's harry hermione draco and neville so they make the, they make the absolute like cowardice person go in there and then she writes it so it's neville and malfoy and they have a dog and that is their defense against all of that shit 
which remember, like at the time we didn't know the rest of this was in there, but let's not forget that Hagrid knows there is an entire colony of fucking murderous spiders that are waiting for an opportunity. There is. Uh, and, Plus and, everything and else we know in there. Dumbledore knows that Aragog is in there because remember, uh, pretty famously, somebody got expelled from school uh, while Dumbledore was a teacher uh, for keeping Aragog. Do you think that, like, unless, uh, and, it, and this is possible, and this is possible, it is possible that Dumbledore, being who he was, was like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to check up on what happened to Aragog. It's probably fine. <laughs> like that's just like a yes. general demeanor about these things um he like, is yeah that was dumbledore's entire life motto is things will work themselves out yeah, it's fine it, i i haven't died yet <laughs> <laughs> and it's like like it's a funny thing with him because it's like as we learn in in book in book seven um like one time he was just sort of like let's go with it see what happens do you know what happened his sister died. Uh, His sister died. Oh, also race wars. <laughs> also race wars. He, he sort of just like let some things happen, and it was like, well, what, what, what ultimately happened? Well, in the real world, the Holocaust. So maybe, maybe step in. Also, I, I have to point out that like I understand uh, wizards aren't supposed to get involved in like Muggle affairs, but like maybe in that one, uh, you guys could have stepped up. One time. Yeah, there's a couple of ones where, like, maybe you should have said a little bit more. Like, does Professor Trelawney's gift of gift of the sea mm-hmm. translate to muggle events? Like, did she see 9-11 coming? I, I have to believe so. I mean, this was so before then, 9-11. Was the inside job. Yeah. Right. Professor Trelawney, you heard it here first. Professor Trelawney let 9-11 happen. I mean, that's the thing. There was actually, I don't know if you know, there was a really funny uh, college humor video about, like, what would it be like to go back to the 90s in a time machine? And the only thing that you could potentially even conceivably do is, is just try to stop 9-11. Because if you didn't, you'd be the worst person alive. It's like you couldn't just go play like with Pogs or, or watch Nickelodeon and just be like, nope, you have to stop 9-11. Best of luck. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so they're in the Forbidden Forest. Um, yep. Again, Norbert, the Norwegian Ridgeback, was just getting them to the forest. And in the forest, yep. we, we learned two things. One, uh, centaurs sort of dicks. That one was helpful, but like sort of dicks. Big dicks. Yeah, big dicks. Two big dicks and one sort of helpful one. So Horse we're dicks, net negative here. If you will. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, no. <laughs> the second thing we learned is that um, Hork, uh, uh, like Shadow Voldemort has the ability. Do we think that Shadow Voldemort killed the the unicorn or Quirrell did? Is that is that in the books? Does that sound? I think at this point, I think at that point he, he had imbibed himself in Quirrell's he's in Quirrell's body so I think Quirrell is still doing the physical stuff he's just like listening to the back of his head so so it was like was 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 Quirrell in like push-up position for this for this drinking of the unicorn blood yeah because uh so that's the other thing I it's implied that it's just Voldemort no, I was going to say it's Quirrell, but like that would mean that Quirrell would have to be drinking the unicorn blood himself. Or for some reason, Quirrell is running around the Forbidden Forest backwards. That's like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like, that's what I was thinking is that like, like he's like just like doing like, like, uh, like cornerback backwards shuffles for like miles. Dude's calves are out of control. 
But if somebody like Dean Thomas is a huge is a it's canon that Dean Thomas is a West Ham fan. What if he's just like looking at like looking at Quirrell's calf definitions throughout the year and just be like, Professor, you'd be great at the midfield. It's like dude can run for days. Um box the box midfielder. <laughs> I think so. I think it's because I mean I guess we're going off the movie here. The the head Voldemort's head in the back of Quirrell's doesn't have like a mouth or any sort of orifice through which the blood could go. So I think it is still Quirrell doing all of the physical stuff. Like the idea is to the idea is I don't think Voldemort can has the power to escape Quirrell until they get the sorcerer stone. I see. Um but but then when Quirrell burns to death, where does Voldemort go? He just evaporates, right? I don't I, I literally don't understand the mechanism here. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't there, listen, <laughs> we're we're picking in a lot of them. Let's not let's not like gloss over the fact that this book series has a lot of yada yada yada. Yeah, the yada yada a lot of things. Um like uh so in order the meanest ghost like, can... in one of my favorite lines in all of the Star Wars movies is when Oh, damn somehow Palpatine, somehow Palpatine returns. Palpatine returns. <laughs> and it's like, we're not gonna just, just like, cool, great. Yada, 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 over like 30 years worth of movies. It's just like, ah, I don't, we never came up with anything better than this. Shut up and take it, you nerds. Um, yeah. So, so like, fine. But anyway, so that gets us to, um, from there to, to, to the end of the term in the books, there's just Hedwig flying around and, and the snow goes away. I don't remember what happens in the books. In the movies, that's... I don't think there's... I don't think... I think it's just, like, them preparing for uh, exams. So I want to point this out. Um, I think it's screwed up that they have first years take exams um, that, like, seemingly count. Um, because I remember when I was in middle school, like, when I was 11, 12, 13, uh, we had finals. And in one of them, I told one of our teachers to go F themselves in bubbles. Uh, and it didn't matter, which ultimately was a good lesson about, like, the necessity of paying attention in middle school. Um, but, like, I was thinking about this. Like, do we think grades matter other than the OWLs and the the newts? Well, not only that, but think about the fact that, like, this is less so as they get older. But don't you think that uh, certain students have, like, huge advantages, whether they were muggle-born or not muggle-born? Yeah, obviously. It's like in like in like history, history of magic, which like they talk about how boring it is, which like, how is this boring to you, Harry? Like, even if the professor is boring, like, you know, nothing of the wizarding world. And oh, man, it's it's so dense. It's like wizard wars of the 15th century are dense. Yeah, Goblin Rebellion. You don't want to read about the Goblin Rebellion? I want to read about the Goblin Rebellion. A million dollars writing about the goddamn Goblin Rebellion. And like. Wait, hold on. Do we think that it's canon? Do, do we think that it's possible that these worlds are like vaguely overlapping yes, 100, here? 100%. 100%. Yes. <laughs> Only because I think that J.K. Rowling was like, what if, it, what if they were the same? I <laughs> uh, see. Like, that would have been a great Easter egg somewhere in the middle of the books. And it's like, uh, we need to, um, like, in the history of magic, like, this, like, and uh, of course, we need to talk about the Ring Wars. I'm sorry, what? I was going to say King Frodo, first of his name. <laughs> uh, see, I would love if there was like a, 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 a Song of Ice and Fire overlap. And it's like, it turns out like the Wizarding World started there. And it's like, 
Oh, what what uh, what what happened with the um, with with the, uh, the the wars of the five kings? And you're like, wait a minute, wait, excuse me, what was <laughs> what was this? You're, you're telling me you're telling, and it's like like Harry's uh, like earliest ancestor was actually like a, a Stark, and that's why he has jet black hair. Yes, um, like uh, Malf- Malfoy were, was a product of like literally thousands of years of incest. Targaryens, yeah. <laughs> like some- uh, but yes, to answer your question, I think the grades only count so in insofar as like they make sure that you can keep up with the rest of the class. So because, they don't actually matter. No, not really. Because like think about like so Muggle Studies becomes a class in I think the third year. And yeah. Ron points out that like Hermione, like you are a muggle. Like, why would you take this class? If you any any Gryffindor student muggle-born except for Hermione would be like because it's the jocks they need that a why would yeah. you not just take that right like like if it's me like I'm I'm signing up for for muggle studies because it's like like because they're not going to get into the intricacies right like it's like you you need to know stuff like uh in in 1492 this guy Columbus uh sailed across the ocean do we need to know any about the genocide no not really do we need to know about the geopolitical realities of why Portugal was seeking out the land no does it matter that he was Italian? No. I don't even think it's all of that. I think it's like, this is what a toaster is. See, that would be much better. I, I, if, if that was the case, it's like, uh, yeah, I guess it is, right? Because like the whole thing with, with, uh, with, with Mr. Weasley, Arthur Weasley is like, what's a nickel? Yeah. It's like, you have, you have currency. Surely you can figure this out. Again. We, it is canon that Gringotts has a conversion rate. Right. So, like, at, at, at some point, somebody somebody sh- certainly should have been like, um, my man, my dude. Uh, yeah. You know. But anyway. Anyways, uh, right. Okay, so then they, I forget why they think that, because uh, they, they originally think it's Snape. So I think right. Snape has gone down to steal the Sorcerer's Stone, but I forget what like what tips them off, and they decide it's, that they have to do it's, it. It's Dumbledore. Dumbledore gets like called off on some like very like shady. That's it. Yep, 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 yep. Dumbledore gets called to London by the Ministry of Magic, and Harry is immediately like, "Oh no!" Yeah. Also, right. he straight up tell. I believe they all straight up tell McGonagall like, "Hey, somebody's stealing Sorcerer's Stone. We should do something about that." And she's like, "Nah, it's fine. <laughs> it's cool." And like our I, security, look, we have we have great security. There's no reason to be worried. It's like maybe you should just like check. Go check the camera. Yeah, like maybe maybe we should just like look into it. Like we have a ring system. We we trust it. But you know, like we haven't reviewed the tapes in a couple of days. Like maybe let, let's check it out real quick. Yep. Um. So the uh ultimately uh it they 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 come to this conclusion. Um. And then we have a series of trials or something yes. right like like much like the jason and the argonauts right like we, we we had to we have to do this okay fine um so i i, I want to go sort of go through these not really one by one because i don't find them all that interesting because like each of them is like oh yeah like luckily each of them happens to be very good at each of these things like that's yeah convenient. well some of them are some of them are kind of funnier than others like the key having to f- fly a broomstick to catch a key that, you know, she stole the trope from Indiana Jones. It's the shitty looking one. Like, okay. <laughs> you chose. But see, like, they, they could have they done, like, even more so. Like, how funny would it be if there was, like, an old Templar there saying you chose poorly? 
<laughs> if you put the wrong key in the door, instead of the keys attacking you, what I was thinking is you put the wrong key in the door and it burns your, burns your, yeah, like you go, yeah. I mean, to, to, there are two Indiana Jones here, but like your face melts off uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark style. And then you have yeah. an old Templar saying you chose poorly. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, like Fang makes sense, I guess. It's just a giant, angry doll, fluffy. like three-headed doll. Yeah. Well, Sorry. And it's, and it's also like that, that actually is one of the more, um, like, and, and like, we, we like to give Joanne credit when she does like good things. Um, the Cerebrus in, in Greek mythology guarded the gates to hell. And like right. the Cerebus was a three-headed dog, I think, multi-headed right. dog, certainly. So like it was the gates to hell. All right, thank you. Like like I'm, I'm glad that you didn't put above it all hope of Andy Nee who entered here. That would have been a little on the nose, but all right, we're good. Um, so then we then we get to the keys, which again, oh, we fall into the we fall into the oh the uh, devil snare trap thing, devil, devil snare. snare, devil snare. Which uh, in so in the the movie and the book have two. Uh, solutions for this in the movie it's relax and you will fall through which sure okay whatever in the book it's that the the uh, devil snare doesn't like light or warmth so which seems like a kind of a bug in the system to me because like if you're a witch or wizard and you fall into pitch black darkness what is the first thing you're going to do lumos (laughs) yeah so like I think I think Lumos would work. It would be less efficient than like the fire. Like thing it's, it's it certainly would up. like bug it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you'd be like, oh my god, it doesn't like light. I'm gonna flamethrower this bit. Right, right, arson, um, arson creato, um, donkey arson, donkey yeah. arson, huzzah. Okay, so and and then they go down, right? They go down into the uh, is that the chess match or are oh, we the at keys? The keys. keys. Again, we talked about that. There are better ways to do this. Then we get to yep. the chess match, which yep. this one was was like the most Ron, you dumbass moment ever. Um, I like I like the idea of wizard chess, not only because like like there's a certain like element of like logic to it, um, and like I'm 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 cool with that. Like I think that that's like an interesting like way to do it. not not um, logic, but like spatial awareness and you know whatever. Um, but I think it's weird because like, what if there's like a very, very um, worthy person who's going to do this, who's just never played chess before, right? Because yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a game with like rules, right? Like, it's not like get the key. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Like somebody who, did, or somebody who was like aware of chess, but had never been taught to play. Like what happens if you just push the knight forward instead of doing the little L or you go diagonal, like. Do they just turn around and knock you out and then you wait until you wake up and try again? <laughs> There's a, the, like, the, the horse itself turns around and like, listen here, you fucking dumbass. <laughs> no, there's just a giant family feud-style buzzer and then you get knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, biggest run, you dumbass moment. Actually, I think there's two. Okay, go ahead. First one. First one. Being that, if I remember correctly, Ron is a knight, Hermione is a bishop, and Harry is a rook. Keep in mind. So first off, let's keep in mind that Ron immediately recognizes that not only does he have to play the game, but that for some reason he has to be one of the pieces. Which I think that would take. I don't know that that's a given. Yeah, like I probably would not have climbed on one and been like, I have to become. I have to become the chess. Uh, (laughs) I I am the chess. So exactly. So he chooses to replace. a knight, a bishop, and a rook with himself, Hermione, and Harry. For some reason, he does not choose 
the king. I would have put Harry on the king. Literally, like, either you win or he dies. There isn't, like... <laughs> there is no third option. <laughs> yeah. And he does not replace Hermione with the queen, who is the most powerful piece on the board, and thus could probably keep out of trouble the best. Like, and you're never going to sacrifice your queen. Unless, unless you're, like, ready to, to make, like, a checkmate. Yeah, you have to be, like, this has to be, like, the done deal before you probably, right. like, voluntarily do that. So then the other thing, which this might just be a, I mean, this is because of the visualizations of the movie. So like maybe she hadn't considered this when uh, she wrote the book, but like when Ron does realize that he's about to get hit, he just sits just there. Just abandon ship. Bail. <laughs> I, I like the like, image there. It's not, even, it's not even that like you would be breaking the rules because the piece all of a sudden moved off the space. No, the horse is still there. You are flesh and blood. Leave. <laughs> or like, alternatively, like, I like the idea of him like seeing this and being like, well, I'm done. I'm going to go off to, to the side. And then like, the pawns are like, hey, no, 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 no. And then they like chase him around the board three times. Like, it's like a, either a Looney Tunes or Tom and Jerry. <laughs> or alternatively. Right. Or alternatively, remember uh, in the Iliad, one of the great heroes of Greek mythology ran around the city three times trying to get away from Achilles. Uh, Hector ran away from Achilles. People talk about like Hector as this great hero. He he turned tail and fled. (laughs) When when danger reared its ugly head, he bravely turned his tail and fled. Brave Sir Hector ran away. So anyway, that's why Ron's stupid. Anyway, so so then uh, the book the book turns Hermione into some sort of like motherly figure. Uh, the or the movie does. The book has like the next thing. So I'll let you explain the next thing, and then we'll talk about the the final thing. It's I believe it's seven potions on a table, yeah. and then it is like the most basic LSAT question you could ever I, be I, posed. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's what it was. <laughs> that's yeah. It's like it's like. If you write it down, it takes like 20 seconds to be like, ah, yes, this one. Do you get and scratch like, paper? Yeah, exactly. Like, what happens if she just has a roll of parchment in her back pocket? She just whips it out and goes to town. Yeah, yeah, dumb as shit. And like the implication is that like all of these wizards got so lazy doing magic all of the time that then, that then like they can't think for themselves anymore, which is a much harsher critique of the wizarding world than I think J.K. Rowling was going for. Yeah, I mean, like, the, the, the implication with the potion thing is that, like, like you said, it's like, wizards are incapable of green is next to blue. Blue yep. is two away from purple. Which one is red? Yep. And you're like, well, it's, it's the one next to green because blue is two away from purple, which means purple needs to be on. Like, like this isn't hard. And granted, like you and I are lawyers, we, we spent we spent a lot of time figuring out this specific game because it is an LSAT prep course thing. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that this is not hard. It's like, okay, I am bigger than, like, it's like, like Alice in Wonderland, right? Like, I will yep. make you big. I will make you small. Okay, great. Which in theory, like, I assume British wizards would know about because that kind of feels like uh john carroll's like got a glimpse of the magical world and then wrote it down he was and just like, on is... lsd he was yeah just like on this LSD. is fantastic well that who's to say harry is not on lsd this entire time maybe this is all in his head who's to say it's not real? <laughs> dumbledore's a drug addict <laughs> <laughs> dumbledore, dumbledore is their fucking dealer 
<laughs> like all like this entire thing is <laughs> the whole thing is a uh, rehab center in like South London. It's that episode of Community where it's like you are all in an insane asylum. This is a shared delusion. It's like wait, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. So like, but like two then two more things about that potion thing. Number one, when asked to come up with like the best defense he could think of that took his skills, Snape was like, "Aha." Wizards are morons. I've got this. <laughs> but and see, then, like, like, that, that tracks. He does have a very low opinion of everybody but himself. Fine. But then, like, let's also think about the fact that I assume that there is some sort of panel that decided what order these had to go in to make sense. And then, like, they all got together and, like, you know what? The, I, which this is even funnier for the next one. It's like, you know what I think our two best ideas were? Was the, the logic, the LSAT puzzle, and uh, the mirror that doesn't <laughs> give you the rock you want. Yeah, no, no, no. This is going to be great, guys. Uh, this is going to be great. Uh, Professor McGonagall, why are you why are you laughing? <laughs> no, 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 it's it's fine. Right, you guys Which are doing again, great. A this, plus. This also beat out Gringotts. That's an idea. <laughs> right, Gringotts was an idea. It was on the table. Which until this point, the Gringotts question had never been answered. So, like, they were all they were all together and be like, we know this is a hundred percent foolproof. But what about this? This this is great. What about logic games? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's go with logic games, y'all. It's like there's one, there's one with Gringotts is Gringotts. <laughs> the logic game could be anything. It could even be Gringotts. <laughs> I like I like to believe that like Snape. Well, Snape, remember, actually, hold on. I understand how this happened. I understand how this happened. Do we know Snape's parents' profession? No, but he's a pure blood, I think. Nope, he's a half blood. Very famously. One of the books is named after. Oh shit, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's a half blood. I like to believe that his muggle born parent was a lawyer. And, and and in order to like make themselves seem more important as compared to the wizard, they're like, Oh yeah, like we have we have like these really, really hard things too. And and the wizard was like, like what? And he's like, shit. Um uh, <laughs> logic games. <laughs> they just they just pull out a book of Sudoku. It's <laughs> like, what are these ancient runes? It's like, yeah, we we you, you you can't you can't most humans can't figure this out, and it's like, a that's the most lawyer thing to say ever, and b wrong. <laughs> Sudoku with like eighty one, like it's got like seventy nine of the eighty one boxes filled in. It's like most humans can't figure this out. This one's really tough. <laughs> this one, this, and it's like Snape's parent, whoever the Muggleborn parent was, like a really shitty lawyer um, that went to like uh, all law schools are great. We don't mean to make anybody who went to a certain law school feel bad. Uh, Charlotte don't. School of Law closed down. It's fine. <laughs> right. It got disaccredited. Right. So if you like went to the Charlotte School of Law, it was like, um, yeah, uh, uh, this is really hard for everybody. And then it's like, you have another half-blood child whose parent was also a lawyer, but like they went to like a, a reasonable school. And like, I was, I was getting logic gamed by my lawyer parent when I was like seven. Like yeah. all, all alligators are reptiles, not all rel- reptiles are alligators, stuff like that. Yep. Um, but like you have that kid who's like, that's not hard. What, what, what are you talking about? That's not hard. And like, that was actually the bullying that was going on of Snape is that he, he, he made it seem like he knew all of these like magic things from the muggle world. And it was like, nah, you're an idiot. And you have greasy hair. Shower one time, dude. <laughs> like one time with some shampoo uh, or, or magic it. Magic the oil out, right? Yeah. 
You should be able to do that. Like, we have dry shampoo. How come you don't have magic shampoo? This is horrible. Wait, um, so, like, for shampoo, do you think they have to, like, do you think they have to, like, mail in from whatever the, I forget what the name of the store is. It's all over the UK. But, like, is there magic, sh- is there literally magic shampoo? Or are they, like, mailing in tubs of Old Spice for all of the 13-year-olds? <laughs> like, do you think that there's a class, like, like a hygiene class? Because, like, the 13-year-olds are not showering enough, and it's, like, all right, everybody, we're going to have a discussion about uh, deodorant and why it's important. Harry, Harry, it's important to wear deodorant. <laughs> we have another, we, we, sorry, first years, we have to have another discussion. Uh, the, the Gryffindor boys' first year dormitory is clogged again, and we really need to talk about <laughs> giving, giving it a break, giving your broomstick a break every once in a while. And then Neville raises him. Professor, did you mean my actual broomstick? No, I don't mean your actual broomstick, Neville. Neville, come on. Uh, shout out to Mary Markley it's Hall. Bodley just standing at the front polishing my actual broomstick. <laughs> Madam Mooch is out there like, this is how you this is uh this is how you uh clean your broomstick. Madam Mooch has to give, teach two classes because they're the most similar to each other. <laughs> Madam, but see, like the gym teacher would teach health, and Madam Hooch is Hooch is out here saying, "All right, this is how you polish a broomstick." And uh, it's an extra five thousand gallons a year stipend. I had to do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Um. So we get we get past the potions. <laughs> we get and then and then it's just the girl standing in front of the mirror and being like, "I see myself holding it, but where is it? What is it?" But I get like we have to go back. Like, what is what is Coral holding in the mirror that he's standing in the middle of a room by himself? Maybe he's just checking himself out, <laughs> spending a lot of time well, with his room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding my tall. stones. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um. Um. Okay. So. 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 Presumably, when this when this enchantment. <laughs> damn it. Okay. Presumably when this enchantment was thought up was, was like, you can only get the stone if you're not going to use it or you don't want to use it for yourself. Um, Again, it's just an old Templar. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that would be funny. Uh, um, like instead of the mirror, you just have like the old crusty guy. <laughs> Play keyboard and be like, oh, almost got it. <laughs> oh, oh, gotta be quicker oh, than that. Like the Geico, no, no, the Geico <laughs> commercial with a fishing pole. Oh, gotta be quicker than that. With a fishing pole, like, gotta be quicker, gotta be faster than that. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh so so in this in this analogy or in this situation we, we we assume that Dumbledore didn't um assume that uh someone was going to like be under duress right like he thought you were just gonna like walk in and be able to grab it um but like this whole situation proves like the obvious flaw in Dumbledore's logic it was like well you can only get it if you can't use it great Harry has it shit <laughs> he's 11 and the guy on top of him is is like a fully grown evil wizard um like lucky lucky that his face burned him but 
yeah, not really something. Later. But like, what happens if it's just somebody who's like, like I feel like that's not a very good gatekeeping mechanism either. Because like, what if somebody just really wants to study it, and then like ten minutes later they're like, it's real, and they're like, I want to use it. <laughs> guys, I want to, I want to try it out. What if, what if it's cool? What if it's really cool, guys? <laughs> It is really cool. <laughs> guys, it's really cool. I think I, I think you guys have not considered how cool this thing is. So um, again, that is that was by committee vote. Uh, not only the best idea they'd come up with, but again, better than Gringotts, which to that point was 100% was, was, was foolproof, yep. Yep. So then, uh, so Harry gets the stone because he doesn't want to use it. So it's like some altruistic virtue signaling bullshit. Yeah. So then uh, somehow Voldemort, which is the back of Professor Quirrell's head and has been for six months at least. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. Probably, uh, I guess Halloween probably, because that's when he starts actually trying to go after the stone. Right. Uh, So we now realize that Voldemort has been the back of Quirrell's head for seven months. And uh, I don't mean to turn this. Like, hold on, I don't even mean to turn this entire episode into a masturbation question. But like, yes, you do. But like, is Quirrell like like is is Voldy watching? Like when Quirrell uh, is, well, he's like, not watching, but he's like has to like hear it. <laughs> you think Quirrell ever got pissed at Voldemort and just goes like really loud one night? <laughs> oh. and it's oh. like it's like the uh, the the Watchmen thing. It's like. I'm not stuck in here with you, Voldemort. You're stuck in here with me. Great. This is the most times masturbation's ever been mentioned on a soccer podcast. I can't actually confirm that. <laughs> I was going to okay. say, like, soccer is, there's a lot of intellectual masturbation going on in soccer. Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like soccer pundits who create burners and then retweet themselves. Not mentioning names. It's not that hard. You can go on our timelines. <laughs> uh, so then we like, I believe Quirrell start because Voldemort realizes that Harry has the stone. He tells, tells Quirrell to attack him. Quirrell, again, definitely starts choking Harry first. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, Harry realizes that if he touches Quirrell, it is his hands that starts burning Quirrell. So Quirrell uh, Lily, is reaching... Lily Potter famously hated Harry's neck. Thought it was super ugly, called him giraffe neck all the time in those first three months. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Achilles heel, except it's Harry's neck. The only place that Harry... <laughs> Is now actually ironically unprotected from because his mother fucking hated that part of him. Like maybe that, like maybe what that's what it was. Like she was like, "I will protect you. I'm gonna choke you out a little bit before." Not that, not that part. <laughs> so, so then, not to make this about everybody's dick again, but like, is Harry's foreskin not protected? <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, I I mean, Daniel Radcliffe is Jewish. I'm not sure if Harry Potter has something, some like super secret like jewish heritage going on um he never goes home for christmas i'll say that (laughs) (laughs) wow a good christian wouldn't skip christmas (laughs) uh so anyway (laughs) solid segue uh yeah so then all of a sudden we're like 
starts burning because the love Harry's mother sacrificed herself for him, which I think was originally going to be like the big power that Harry uses throughout the book, the yep. books, the series. Mm-hmm. And then she realized that like maybe we need to switch this up to like Horcrux or something like that. And then like Harry, the love of Harry's mother is only tangential. Um, but yeah, so you know he defeats Quirrell because Quirrell. Uh, has very has has very thin skin. Very thin skin, very chapped. It's a desert climate. Yep, yep. It's it, well very known. dry. Very dry. Uh, so then Dumbledore, once he got Pearl, into Pearl's got an ashy face. <laughs> so then Dumbledore apparently realized when he got to London and then the Ministry of Magic was confused as to see him. He originally he immediately and only at that point. Realized that somebody was trying to get him out of the castle. Hmm. Turned oh, around. <laughs> made it back just in enough time to like save Harry. And then uh, we have to go to the hospital wing, which is where Harry ends up for. He always you know, does. Pages and pages of exposition. Sure, sure. Had to explain basically, like, I don't know, the last 50 pages and what happened uh, sure. in the most basic way as possible and then i'm gonna be honest here uh even as somebody who when i was younger was rooting for slytherin to lose every house cup uh this is some bullshit we we have to assume we have to assume that people are betting on this right well not only that but like also when you go back and look through it the scale is so fucked up that it makes absolutely no sense. Hermione at the start of book two gets 10 points. I think she actually gets 20 points to Gryffindor because she answers two questions from Professor Sprout. Whereas like uh, Neville got uh, 10 points in at the end of book one for standing up to his friends, which really was just his friends pulling a prank on him. But still they, like- They were bullying Neville a little bit there. <laughs> Those aren't the same, like the scale makes absolutely no sense. Right. And like Snape will take away 10 points for people being disrespectful. And then McGonagall will give out 150 points for whatever bullshit. I mean, McGonagall, McGonagall. Somehow Quidditch scores work into the equation. It's bullshit. You need standardization here. Uh, What my favorite part about this is that like, so, so it's, it's, we know that Dumbledore was the head of Gryffindor house. I believe it's canon that he was in Gryffindor. Um, I don't know. That might've, that might've come up after the books. Yeah. But um, isn't it a little weird that he uh, awards 160 points when they need 160 points to Gryffindor uh, at the last minute and then they win? Like, isn't that a little, like if you're, if you're a Ravenclaw, right. And you're sitting here with like very little horse in the race, you're probably sitting here like, it's a little weird, Albus. It's a little weird. Not sure how. What a coincidence, Albus. Albus, that's super weird. Um, you know, like I, I just have to imagine that uh, again, there is a, a child in 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 Hogwarts at this time who was Muggle-born and watched David Stern rig the NBA dr- uh, lottery for the Knicks, and like he's got to be sitting there like, I've seen this. And how this works. <laughs> It's, it's the foreign exchange student from New York. I, I, I like to believe that they, they, that that existed. Like there was <laughs> what's the what's the what's the was it the cannonball cannons or whatever? What's that? I want to watch the Knicks, baby. <laughs> Forget about it. You guys don't know pizza. 
All right, I think we're done here. Um, <laughs> uh, we will be back. Um, this episode is is uh, is dropping on the the 13th. Um, we will not have uh, Nerdcast episodes for the next two Mondays. Um, the 20th, we are uh, preparing for the World Cup uh, qualifying window. Um, and then the week after that, uh, I am proud to announce, is the 100th episode spectacular. That's right. It will be our 100th episode. We will have fun and games and prizes and pizza and pie and punch. Um, other things that are not peas. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> uh, but it'll, it'll be a fun episode. And, by, and, if it, and if it's a little vague as to what we'll be doing, it's because I haven't figured it out yet. Uh, if you want to have any suggestions, please at Mr. Mojo rising 89. Uh, he will, he will, uh, take those on and, and funnel those our way. We can also let you into our production meeting, which is actually like the first 10 minutes of every podcast we record. As you all know, um, you can, uh, you can let me know, uh, I'm at, da- at diamonds Esquire, but if I'm not at diamonds Esquire, I'm at TLS underscore and, uh, underscore TDS. Um, Special thank you to our sponsors, the Smith Workforce Management Group, as well as whoever uh, Blue Wire decided to put in this one. Um, we uh, we don't have an Instagram yet. We're going to get that up and running shortly. Uh, don't you worry about it. Um, please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your enemies. Uh, there might have been some problems with Spotify. We're going to get that checked on uh, if that's still an issue, but we don't think it should be. Um, and uh, as always, we couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.